0: okay so we were taken into the bedroom which smelled like poon is what they've written <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> they
1: didn't bathe oh man so it's just essential <laughs> oil and glitter on it yep hey.
0: Start. we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording and pay respect to the elders past and present of the yagara and terrible people sovereignty was never ceded and this is online mall patrol ready for a stroll down internet memory lane with me hacklock i'm a visual artist and long-term chronically online older millennial and
1: i'm Brian butts actually a pile of rags with some lipstick on
0: (laughs) Um, and today, okay, I'm going to be telling you about The Final Fantasy House.
1: Oh, oh, all right. Um, you'd mentioned this thing. I had no idea what it was. Okay. And I suppose that this – yeah, I didn't know it was Final Fantasy, but,
0: you know. Hi, Hacklock here. Just jumping in to give a trigger warning on this episode. This story does mention a suicide attempt, also abuse, both physical and emotional – if those seems like things that uh, could be very upsetting for you, then you might want to tread carefully with this one. If you just want to skip the story altogether and head to the bracket battle and onward, then jump ahead to about an hour twenty. Thanks. Do you did you play Final Fantasy Seven? I didn't play any Final Fantasy. No Final Fantasies. Not not a not a sausage, not a scary.
1: Do you know much about them? Uh, they seem pretty.
0: Yes. Okay. So that's what I got. Final Fantasy seven was a real breakthrough to the Western market with the Final Fantasy games. Okay. And um it kind of it sold really, really well. It did really well. It was a bit of a phenomenon, I guess, in gaming. What um, year was this to come? Oh, out? good question. Hang on. I did I'm
1: just trying to figure out what I was doing was probably playing that micro machines game where you're a tiny car in the house 1997
0: 1997 yeah uh in year 6 bro you were a baby and i was in grade uh 10 you fuck I'm so much older than you um I so <laughs> yeah i played it i really enjoyed it i was hooked on it um it was a good game it was, That's was right. a good game right. and like for the time the graphics were very, very mm-hmm. good. When you look at it now, you're like, that's it. But <laughs> it was very good for the time. And yep. the system of gameplay was different to a lot that had come before, for me anyway. Yep. Um, so it was a bit of a milestone. And it, I guess, became something that was emulated a lot with JRPGs going forward. Um, and RPGs for a while in general. Anyway, so (laughs) Final Fantasy VII, I'll give you a bit of a summary of the game. Okay. uh, Because, (laughs) yeah, it's kind of important, I guess. So, all right. (laughs) It's hard to summarize because the plot is quite complex. But uh, it is a post-industrial, anti-corporation sci-fi
1: kind of game. Okay, I remember haircuts.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. Some very anime sharp haircuts in this. Okay, sweet. And it takes place on Gaia, a planet where the planet's life force, called the Life Stream, is a flow of spiritual energy that gives life to everything on the planet. So, Earth kind of, yes. <laughs> During the game, the planet's life stream is being drained for energy by the Shinra Electric Company. Oh sorry, Electric Power Company, which is like this world dominating mega corporation. Okay. And Shinra's actions are weakening the planet because it's draining the life force from the planet. So it's still basically Earth. Yeah. Okay, sweet. And it's thr- threatening the existence of the planet itself and all life by taking the life stream out of circulation. Just like a <laughs> and you play as Cloud Strife, who is hired by an eco-terrorist group called Avalanche to stop Shinra and let the planet recover. Sounds hot. And initially, he's kind of apathetic to the cause. Um, oh, he's just in it for the money. Yeah, he's oh, like right. a, he's a, um, what do they call a... Um, is he just like a hired gun? Yeah, he's like military... what's Soldier uh, of fortune. He sort of fights for personal gain, for for money... Um, And also for a promise that he made to a childhood friend, Tifa. Mm. So Cloud eventually joins forces with many others to save the planet, which is threatened by Shinra, and also Cloud's nemesis, Sephiroth. And after a while, he discovers a reason to fight for the cause other than his own. Uh, Fight for a cause other than his own. So, like, he goes from, like just fighting for money as a mercenary. That's the word I was trying to think of, um, to try to save the planet and the other people. He's been radicalised. Basically. He becomes a big green lefty. There's a whole bunch of different characters which will be important in this story. I will make a little map, a little guide to the different Final Fantasy VII characters. So I've told you about the main one, Cloud. We're not actually going to be talking about Cloud, or Sephiroth, the other main big dude, in this at all, but good context, good this context. focuses around Final Fantasy VII and its characters. Okay. So, this is a story about when fandom goes very, very wrong like, wrong enough that I'm going to be talking about a small scale cult, but not any less nasty because it's small. Okay. <laughs> so, I originally heard about this story through Tumblr, but it is a pre Tumblr story. This is stuff that happened. Um, and was being talked about online, sort of live journal, GeoCities era, like 1990, like 2002. I'm just like a
1: little bit too young for live journal. I miss live journal, yes. but I've got friends who are live journal people.
0: So I got my info today from a Vice article, a down-the-rabbit-hole episode, some archives, something awful threads, and most importantly, a website set up by one of the people who was involved in this um, as like a a cataloguing of people's experiences and a warning to people about what had gone on. There was also live journal posts, forums, like lots of different things. So I will post them in our show notes. Sweet. Uh, It's also hard to verify a lot of this because of deleted blogs, deleted posts, Things happening in real life are not online, so it's yeah. not documented. Yeah. So there's lots of recountings, like first person recountings. It's it's hard to to corroborate. We're but are about
1: pre Tumblr. It's not like anybody's live tweeting this shit.
0: No, and like you know, not everyone had a camera. Um, not everyone had a phone. Like. It's, uh, it was a long time ago, <laughs> technology-wise. Do you remember, like, your
1: first grainiest nudes taken on, like... 100%. <laughs> they I looked like... better because they were a bit grainier? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> you, like,
0: took them on some potato. <laughs> yeah, it's like, 320 by 240 yeah. pixel, whatever. But there is some corroboration. There is evidence from different places that fits together... Um, accounts from multiple sources. Like we know chunks of this are real and people in this are real. So we're just going to assume for today that all of it is real. Yeah. But it's the internet. So there's always a chance. Who knows? That it's bullshit. Yeah. But chunks of it are definitely real. So, so we can listen to the story because it's a interesting, terrible story. Okay. Uh, And like all the stories I tell in here, we aren't journalists. We're just telling the stories with the resources that we've got. Because we're big online nerds. I'm so far from the journalist, <laughs> my lord. We're definitely making mistakes, I'm sure. So, I'm just a gossip. Yeah, pretty much. And I hope you guys like listening to gossip. It's a long story. And so it's going to be a two-parter. Like, I know immediately that it's yeah, going to be a two-parter. Right, good,
1: because i got work tomorrow.
0: I've split it into two. <laughs> so this is the first section. So I'm going to give our... First person who is giving this account a pseudonym. I'm going to call them Jack. They're the person who ran the website that I mentioned where okay. they were chronicling everything. Yep. So that's a pseudonym, but we're calling them Jack for today. Okay. So they were running a fan site dedicated to Cloud and Zack from Final Fantasy. Okay. Cloud, the main character, Zack. A minor character. Important to the storyline, but only ever seen in flashbacks. And uh, Tails, as (laughs) is to Sonic. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Pretty much, but mm, as if uh, Tails had died before Sonic started. Whoa. Yep. So um, Jack is contacted by someone calling themselves Hojo, and Professor Hojo is a major villain character in the game. And Hojo is running a fan site about Hojo the character, uh, and they refer to Jack, a writer, by the character name Zack. You know, he's he's running a site about Zach. Um, so Hojo calls themselves Hojo, and they're referring to like they're role playing. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and since Hojo was going by a character name and seemingly role playing, Jack isn't bothered by being called Zack and he kind of role plays along. All right. Uh, after a while, they sort of, you know, have got a bit of a conversation going and uh, they share links between their two websites and with other fan sites because this was in the days of WebRings. <laughs> okay. Do you
1: remember Web rings, or is that pre-U? I remember that it was a thing and I think... I remember it being a thing and I may have been just a little bit too young to quite understand what mm. the deal was, but...
0: So in the days before Google dominated every... dominated online searching... Um, it was harder to find um, particular content, especially within like in things like GeoCities. Yeah. So the ways that you would promote yourself and create community is by linking to each other. So you'd you'd find someone else like with, into the same kind of band as you, and you would like have a little thing down the side that was like other bands that I love, and you would link to somebody else's. Band fan site or whatever, and you'd create these rings where you could travel around, like you could click through the next one, click through the next one, and you create a web ring. I remember Blog Roll. Yeah, that's pretty much what Blog Roll was. Yeah. But um, pre blogs, I guess. Yeah, so they'd done a link exchange and had become mates. They were messaging on AIM, AOL, yeah. instant yeah. messenger, which for kids these days we have Messenger. Pre-Messenger, there was MSN Messenger. And there was also the AOL version, AIM. Yeah. Was that the one? Oh, oh No, that was ICQ. Yeah. Okay. He's introduced to Hojo's real-life wife, who goes by the name Genova, And Jenova is also a villain in the game basically the main villain they, character I feel like I'm on
1: notice already I feel like I'm suspicious of these people like I like clearly they're the evil
0: people in this story well,
1: like they have right?
0: chosen, chosen villainous characters to identify as yes That
1: makes me think they're bad people
0: and also I've set this up by saying I'm going to be talking about a cult so you probably already have that <laughs> I'm bias already there. like there's
1: somebody in the story who's bad
0: <laughs> Okay so Genova um, the main villain in the game really is this like alien godlike creature, um, whose cells like they've got the body of Genova and they're taking cells from it and Hojo is experimenting with them and they use the cells to create other villains and blah blah blah. blah. So main baddie, and they become mates. They're all chatting to each other, but they have a few. Jack has a few weird conversations uh, with Hojo. Okay. So one of them is. After Jack posts some fan art, uh, some FF7 fan art and writes a bit of story to go with it. So writes a bit of fiction within the world of Final Fantasy Seven that fits this fan art. Okay. okay. Yes. Um, and Hojo contacts them and says, um, this is really great. It's really realistic. Is that a memory? And he says, understandably. I'm like, what? <laughs> and Hojo gets quite annoyed when Jack is like, no, I made it up. So, a little while after that, there's another important conversation where um, Jack talks to the wife, talks to Genova, who I'm also going to refer to as Jen, because it's a little easier, and everyone calls her Jen. So, the wife, Jen, begins pressuring me about magic. Now, I was a pagan for a brief stint in high school, but like most kids, I grew up out of it. What she was telling me was long since bogus in my mind, but I put up with it, okay. She kept saying how she was a sorceress and stuff. Half the time, because she insisted I call her Genova and would emote poking me with tentacles and stuff, I figured she was only (laughs) role-playing. I was like, okay, that's cool. It's the internet. I have some friends who are furries and they do the same thing when talking about their tails and stuff. I can deal with this. Then came a good old bombshell. I was asked if I had any memories of past lives. I do believe in past lives. I think it's a pretty valid cycle given how many cultures believe in it. So I told her, no, I didn't. But I did believe in it. And I should never have said that. It was like inviting the vampire into my house. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so they invite Jack to come stay um, and visit the town. Have these town. people met each other IRL before? No, so they only talking online. All right. Um. Ugh. Jack is a college freshman, like 19 years old. Oh no. Um. And Ugh. in a bit of a small town, and has problems with their family. So they're invited to come stay. Um. And this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> so they go on a trip, and while they're there, while they're visiting Genova and Hojo they realise that this role-playing isn't a game. They are soul-bonders, a subsection of the Otherkin community. They believe they have the souls of those video game characters within them, reincarnated from another dimension.
1: I just, like... I've been on Tumblr. i <laughs> have <laughs> um, all been on Tumblr. I, I still go on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. I think I first started going on Tumblr 2010. Well, maybe even earlier. Um, And I'm seeing people talking about this stuff. And I'm just like... I'm not somebody who's super into games. Yeah. I'm not somebody who's... Like I'm really sorry, gentle listener who's like super nerdy and stuff like I love you and stuff, but i'm I'm not that guy that's not the nature of my engagement with a bunch of media like that that kind of like enthusiastic fandom kind of thing, yeah, basically because I'm a burnt out husk of a human and I like it's very
0: difficult for me to experience any joy about anything
1: so have <laughs> or you, enthusiasm
0: have you ever participate participated in something where you would say you were part of a fandom
1: i don't I don't think so, no, yeah, okay. And all of the things that I've liked a lot, Mm. I've often been quite sceptical about any fandom sitting around them. I'm sort of thinking about, you know, like, I like uh, when I was a bit more enthusiastic. I'm just not enthusiastic about anything anymore, really. I think (laughs) it's what I have to say. But, um, (laughs) you know, I used to really like Tool. Yeah. When I was growing up, when I was a younger person, but I was like really skeptical of people who were super duper into tool. A lot of tool fans were fucking, they were tools. Yeah. They were massive assholes. <laughs> um, and the same thing with Pantera. Yeah. Um, and, you know, of course, turns out that All uh, Mate is racist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which, is,
0: like, no like, surely it comes as no surprise. Yeah. Um, and Maynard's bad. Everyone's fucking bad.
1: Everybody's horrible. But, Um, yeah, um... Including us, surely. Yes. Well, me for sure. You maybe.
0: (laughs) Not in that specific way, but yes. Uh, I'm probably an arsehole as well. So, um, okay, Otherkin. Are you familiar with the term Otherkin?
1: Yeah, so I've heard of Otherkin, um... And I, I think I want to tread carefully here. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to... Of course. I, I'm not the arbiter of the legitimacy of people's identities. No. But as a casual observer, certainly the first time that I sort of got a sense of what it was about, I was like, oh, well, that sounds like bullshit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Same. So uh, I will explain it, though, because not everyone has come across this, um, I would call, subculture. So... They're a subculture who socially and and spiritually identify as not human or not entirely human. They predominantly identify as mythical creatures like angels, demons, fairies, elves, and aliens. And the subculture grew out of the elven online communities of the early to mid-1990s. So the term came about, apparently... Uh, because of the elf community, which referred to themselves as elven kind, and then other people who were involved who identify as other types of beings, they started referring to them as other kind, and then that became other kin. And because kin has its own meaning, like that kind of stuck. Yeah. And then the elven kind started referring to themselves as other kin as well, okay, because they were other to regular people. So the oldest internet resource for Otherkin is the Elfenkind Digest, a mailing list started in 1990 by a student at the University of Kentucky for elves and interested observers. Also, in parallel in the early 1990s, newsgroups such as alt.horror.werewolves and alt.fan.dragons on Usenet, which were initially created for fans of these creatures in the context of fantasy and horror literature and film also developed followings of individuals who identified as those kinds of mythological beings. So you had the Elven kind community kind of creating their otherkin and then we also had the like wolf and dragon and stuff communities creating their otherkin and so they became their own thing from yeah. there. Okay. So that's Otherkin. And soul bonders are a sub-subculture okay. of Otherkin where How do I describe this? Um, Okay. Well, let's let's let her describe it. So, okay. They believe they have the souls of those video game characters within them reincarnated from another dimension, as I said earlier. So this is a quote from Jack. So she began in a flurry explaining things to me, how there are alternate universes. Do you grant me that? Sure, there could be. And in those universes, maybe just maybe video games actually happened. I thought it could be plausible. Because I like imagining anything's possible. So through all this and all this flurry, she tells me that she thinks in a past life, I was Zack from Final Fantasy Seven. Think about it, she said. You're both country grown. You both have that instinct of dragging off friends who could be left behind. You'd take a bullet for someone, right? You say you don't believe in magic or any of that. And he wanted to be a mercenary. For all of his five or six lines, you have a similar speech pattern, and even live in a basement like he was locked in a basement, and you hate it. So out of your brain, is, this just feels like sense making. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this just feels like the ways that people grapple with what it means to be living their life. Mm. I I really don't want to undermine the legitimacy
0: of other people's identities, but yeah, it's like so. There's a, l- it, it, a lot of this parallel universe stuff is also tied up with what other state kids. are we in? Um, Pennsylvania.
1: Took me a long time to figure out that you're allowed to be fucking mediocre, man. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You're allowed to live a small life. I think that's a really tough thing for a lot of people to reckon with. Yeah. Uh, What did they call? They started calling it like, uh, main character syndrome. Yeah. Where people are like, I have to be the main character. I have to be the main character in this room right now. No. You know?
1: You don't. You can just fucking sit there like it's fine. You're allowed. You're allowed. (laughs) You're allowed. So, yeah,
0: Jen definitely has some main character stuff going on.
1: Is there any substance use sitting around any of this? Yes. Okay, cool. Let me go into this. All right.
0: So the next thing uh, Zach says is, addle your brain with freshman idiocy and vodka, and this will suddenly make sense. Sure, maybe I'm not him now, I said, but it was possible... You were our Zach," she says. By our, I later found she meant a large group of people whom she had similarly led to the conclusion that they had maybe been video can- characters at some point in time. There was an Ares, a Sid, My then significant other became Red 13. They lived with an overweight, dislikable man they called Gust, For those unfamiliar, these are all characters in the game.
1: Is anybody getting to have like really hot sex out of this?
0: We shall see. Oh, well, at least there's that. (laughs) So a relevant aside about Jack is Jack is an asexual trans man. Okay. So they're a college freshman with alcoholism problems. And I bring this up because I think both the author's transness, their asexuality, and the substance abuse problem are relevant to the way that they are manipulated and mistreated.
1: Yeah, If there's an issue with alcohol... Maybe that's symptomatic itself, but I can see how, especially like this is the '90s, right? Yeah, yeah. In the '90s, being trans and asexual, fuck man, like would be
0: so difficult. Really, even now. I it's mean, it's tough like... to find a place in the world. Mm. But even harder to explain to other people who have so little understanding of these things. I think there is more of a general understanding in society than yeah. there was in the '90s, especially have to educate every bastard about who you even are. Mm. And I should also point out, when I've been talking about Hojo, Hojo is a woman. Okay. So Hojo and Genova are a lesbian couple. Okay. Okay. And they're married. They are wives. Okay. Okay. Now, let's talk about this first visit. So... They're broke. They're a college freshman. And it costs them $300 to get the bus from their small town. Um, oh, my God. When you told me that they were going on the trip, I was like, did they go by bus? Yep, yeah, they sure it's did. Like such broke 90s style. Um, and they were promised by Hojo and Jen that pay for the ticket. You get here. We'll take care of. You can stay with us. We'll take care of the cost of food. And so that's all taken care of. So he gets the bus and this is his first encounter with them. At the bus stop, Hojo met me in a lab coat. When we arrived at the apartment... <laughs> he's a professor. Oh. Um, when we arrived at the apartment, Jen, who insisted I call her Genova, and would often refer to herself as Jenny Nova, came storming up to Hojo and I, screaming in Hojo's face. I had no idea what it was about. She was wearing a purple skirt pulled up around her breasts and it looked like she'd just got out of bed and I was, to say the very least, intimidated. About three seconds later, she whirled around and in a quick change, suddenly the nicest person ever. Whatever she was mad about was out the window. So that's our first encounter with Jen and Hojo. Okay. Now the apartment. The apartment was cluttered. There were papers and stuff everywhere. The floor was covered in glitter. But I figured... (laughs) Cool. They were just kind of goofy college students. I mean, college students make a mess. They made craft. It's It also smelled from all the trash around, but also because Jen refuses to bathe. She would use scented oils and then just put glitter on. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I think that's kind of cool, but I don't have to smell her. True. Uh, and she only wore that purple skirt pulled up over her boobs. So... So despite a few incidents that made Jack kind of scared of Jen uh, and seeing her pretending to be various characters for personal gain, like if she wanted sympathy, she would have put on a bit of a baby voice and she'd raise her voice. a little <laughs> Shut up. There's nothing wrong with that. Shut up. There's nothing wrong with that. So apart from her being baby sometimes, baby. they had a pretty good time on this trip. Okay, and sweet. They just figured these are some kooky people who want friends. They want to role play online. That's fine. So over the summer, it's 2002, they stay in contact and they make frequent trips to meet people that Jen and Hojo want them to meet. There are three permanent residents of the house, this couple, and the guy that they decided was Gast. But lots of others came and went, many were soul bonders too, and Jen bestowed Final Fantasy 7 characters on each person who came into their orbit because she believed she had multiple souls within her. Okay. And she could pass them on All to people. right. Ooh. Mm. So I <laughs> got on those trips. Jen would regularly ask for money from Jack for food, and they felt obligated to give it, like they were being allowed to stay in this person's house and in their presence or whatever. So they would hand over money. And there were also a bunch of incidences where Jen tried to get them more in touch with their soul bonded characters. And this is where she gets really culty. Okay. okay. This is a good one. Pantomimed magic battles. Basically LARPing. (laughs) Okay. So she would swing around a stick or a sword to music and feign injury when Hojo threw stuff at her after making some goofy hand movements. Hojo would do the same when Jen would thrust her staff forward or something. They tried to get me to do it, but I can't act. I can't pretend I'm doing magic because I'm not that out of it. Eventually, Jen dragged me onto my feet and it was something like a karaoke. I kept laughing at both myself and the fact that I could do some sort of dumb limp wrist movement and Jen would throw herself to the floor panting. Afterwards, they kept telling me, "'See, Jack, you can use magic!' And I just kept laughing. I knew what they were doing. I was not that out of it. But I was ready to keep humoring them because it wasn't hurting anyone.
1: Maybe if I was really high. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You just kind of you just go along with it, right? Like, yeah. I feel like it's the kind of thing that you'd be like, all right, fine. There's no point in trying to shut this down. I've, I'm You're sh- having a good time. I'm
1: sure that I've had at least one stay at somebody's house that was some sort of a shade of this, mm-hmm. and it's like you're a guest, and the person means well, and yeah, who are you to judge? You want to be polite in somebody else's home? <laughs> of course, you want to pretend that you can have magic and you can make people fly across the room. well, uh, it's not exactly what happened. I, I just, you know, I know, I know what it is to be polite and uncomfortable in another person's home.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I think all women do. Uh- <laughs> Okay, so another one is they did past life regression hypnosis where they would lay on the ground and listen to the Final Fantasy soundtrack and try to remember their past lives. Has the craft come out? <laughs> yeah, surely not it has. Sure. It was 1996. Um, okay, so we were taken into the bedroom, which smelled like poon. Is what, what they were written <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they didn't
0: bathe. Oh, oh man. So, it's just essential <laughs> oil and glitter on it. Yep. We were taken into their bedroom, which smelled like poon, and made to lie on the floor. Jen put on loop an MP3 of The Nightmare Is Just Beginning, which I now realize is hilariously appropriate. It's the song that plays when you unlock Vincent's character in Final Fantasy VII. <sighs> And this one happened when they had the person there that they had assigned as Vincent. Oh God. <laughs> so one time, Oh, this is nasty. One time Jen and Hojo locked Jack in a soundproof glass room um, underneath one of the college is like uh, music buildings. Okay. So there's this soundproof room. They locked Jack in there. Okay. And he says, because they wanted to see me remember being Zach. I panicked but not because I fucking thought I was in a video game mansion. After banging on the door and jerking the handle and freaking out, I was finally left out and I was shaking. I was not pleased with them the rest of the day. Nasty.
1: This is know. making me think of, I don't know if this is like this for everybody, but when you're young and it's like you have poorer boundaries and standards, and so you just keep on hanging out with people who maybe dick you around a little bit. Yeah. 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 And i want to be
0: like cause you Jack, want friends. Honey.
1: No, you can mm. there's better friends for you to
0: have. Just go home. <laughs> well, see, I think they were a bit isolated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um and they do talk about how they were having problems with their family. Like yeah. being trans in 2002, I'm sure that wasn't going down very well. And they think they already did not have a good relationship with their mother definitely. Mm. Um ignoring that element. Um so they were they this was a bit of an escape and yeah. um, obviously people who accepted their transness as well like yeah. they they're accepting of you know this idea of past lives and like different souls and different bodies and holding different identities so I can I, see how the framework makes it easier for yeah. everybody to grapple with that aspect of yeah Jack's think, identity so they were probably more accepted
1: in that space yeah I just want that for them somewhere else where people aren't locking them in glass rooms and being dicks.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, so yeah. here's another person, um, Eris, who is, or Aerith it depends which version of the game you got but some of them had the name written as Aeris and some of them said Aerith. Um, so, like the Berenstain Bears. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Zach meets the girl that they assigned as Eris, and Jen keeps saying they need to hook up and sleep together because their love interest in the game. Eris, uh, some dicey consent stuff going down here 100 percent, because Hot she it. told them that she put aphrodisiacs in their food mm. and then when nothing happened and like what fucking horny goat weed like i don't what? know i don't know what she put in there she just told them that she'd put aphrodisiacs in their food and sort of left them in their room and nothing happened um Jack is asexual. Jack did not want to have sex with anybody. He's a non-sexual being. So um, when nothing happened, Jen got really angry. And so Jen took on the role of heiress's boyfriend. And she would put on a deep voice and command her to do things. Yeah. Oh, uh... <sighs> so because Jack was not coerced into this sex, Jen loudly hooks up with heiress in the same room that Jack is sleeping in. Rude! Yeah. And, like, it's not just that... He, they tried to push him into this sexual encounter, and it didn't go anywhere. But then making them witness the sexual encounter when they are also asexual is extra fucked up.
1: Well, I mean, just like anyone. I mean, I'm not sure that it necessarily matters if you're asexual or not. If you're non-consensually making other people,
0: yeah, yeah, watch you hook up. It's just an extra level of squeakiness, I think, on top of what's already non-consensual and not cool. Yeah. Um, so despite all this bullshit, he kind of become part of this group. And in 2003, after a breakdown in the relationship with his parents and they stopped paying for his schooling, oh, shit. they asked him to move in with them. Oh. And he does. Oh. Intending just to stay for the summer for a couple of months. He moves in. He finds a job nearby at a supermarket. He's in a new place with a group of people who accept him. So he's also able to quit drinking. And so it all starts off pretty well. Yeah, cool. Uh, But not long after he moves in, Jen quits her babysitting job and refuses to look for another. So then he becomes solely responsible for the finances of the house and buying all the food, which eats through his savings. And when that runs out, Jen makes him beg for the unsold food at the supermarket where he worked. So this is from a different account, but I thought it was relevant on the Way the food that they ate in this household. Yeah. She also spent more money on food than any three people I know. She had to buy new groceries every day. Fresh vegetables, fruit and meat, etc. The blood in frozen meat was somehow tainted and meals always revolved around what Jen wanted to eat. There was no planning ahead. Jen would cook whatever she pleased and start thinking about her meal around 10pm. Cooking would begin near midnight and dinner was served in the wee hours of the morning. <laughs> So every night they ate steak and Gatorade. <laughs> Jack had been raised vegetarian oh, and come on. physically couldn't process red meat. Like just because he'd been vegetarian all through his childhood, he hadn't developed those enzymes. He he couldn't he couldn't process red yeah. meat. Yeah. And Jen knew that but insisted that they ate steak every night, which is also very expensive, and it would make him feel sick every night. Yeah. Oh god. He also became the physical labourer of the house because Zack the character is a strong masculine man and Hojo is a skinny, sciencey nerd and Genova is basically like a feminine corpse. <laughs> so Zack...
1: <laughs> um, look, <laughs> top marks for innovation in terms of getting out of housework. I <laughs> haven't heard that one before.
0: So they get Zach or Zach to carry all the groceries, also to fix and move any furniture that needed to be moved. Anything physical, they got him to do it. Also, the internet access in the house was basically just Jen's computer. Okay. Zach had a computer, but because Jen was always connected, um, and this was two thousand and two, yeah, Zach never got any online time. So she controlled when Zach got access, and when he does, Jen watches over his shoulder. So he's never able to post freely without her watching what he's typing and who he's talking to. So he can't post about needing help and needing an escape because his outside communication is always monitored. She also listens in on his phone calls, doesn't let him call home. He says, when I talk to people online, she would always hang over my shoulder and ask who they were. Then she would write down their screen name and go talk to them on her computer later. Oh, God. This is how she got hold of Mellon and Maya and God knows how many other people. So that became a way of recruiting as well. Ew. Jen also monitored the comings and goings in the house. You had to tell her where you were going when you left and there wasn't a spare key. So you could only get back in if they were home and awake. And there were times when Zach was just left locked outside and would have to go like dumpster diving.
1: This is a fucking nightmare.
0: Yes. This is a hell house. She would also wake him up in the middle of the night to do stupid tasks, like getting things for magical r- rituals and looking for fairy rings and and just basically sleep deprivation. Yeah. Very culty. Very culty. Um, Jen and Hojo would also scream and fight constantly, switching between loud physical abuse to loud makeup sex. <laughs> so the place stank of Jen's oils and BO, and her never-washed and always-worn purple skirt. Also, the sex smells, and the trash, because no one cleaned anything or took out rubbish, except sometimes guests. He says, it was like a miasma of filth with sparkle, sunshine, fairy, artificial sugar scent sprayed over it. It made me sick, and it was so hot outside. Ew. (laughs) This is, oh god, this is so awful. I'm just thinking about the awful smell in your living space all the time. It being really hot and miserable outside. Having to eat food that made you feel sick. Not getting enough sleep. Um, having to do all this physical work. Having to go to work every day, but not getting enough food as well. Yeah. Limited contact with the outside world. It's just like such an assault on his physical like body and also his mental state. Like, it's absolutely very culty. Very culty.
1: Did I ever tell you about me and Landmark Forum? No. Um, So, some time ago, um, I'm living on my own, and I get this call really late, like, middle of the night. And um, I'm super high (laughs) when I get this call. Yeah. And it's this person who is, like, a friend of a friend. I've never met them in real life. I'm just friends with them online. And they're calling me to tell me about the Landmark Forum and how they've done it. And they've got, like, so much out of it. This is classic MLM. Yeah, right. And, um... And they were saying that they thought that maybe I would be interested in doing it. And I'm, yeah, I'm quite high. And so, you know, all of those receptors in your brain that are perceiving profundity. And I'm like, oh, my God,
0: this is meant to be. Oh,
1: I've been feeling like there's been something around the corner for me. And maybe this is it. So I give them my credit card details over the phone. No. (laughs) Okay, this deposit to do the landmark forum. And um, I get off the phone with them and I go like, oh, wait a second. Is this the personal development course where you do it and then at the end you kill yourself? (laughs) And so I started Googling and went down the rabbit hole. And like, lucky, no. uh, The one where you kill yourself was the turning point, (laughs) not Landmark. (sighs) Um, But so I'm starting to read all of the stuff about Landmark Forum. And so people are laying out their criticisms to do with it. And a lot of the focus was on some... Some similar kinds of things, that it starts really early and finishes really late, that people can't get enough sleep, that they're tired, that you have to bring your own food, and oftentimes people underestimate how much food they need to get through the day. They won't really let you get up and go to the bathroom when you really want to, was stuff that people were saying. That is not okay. The day is incredibly structured and there's a lot of pressure on you to keep on participating, and so... Yeah, like maybe all of those things tend to weaken your resolve. And then, of course, there's like criticisms about the fact that once you kind of get sucked in, mm. then you're doing a lot of unpaid work for them of as course. a volunteer. So I got out of it because like I read all of this stuff. I was like, i got to get out. Mm. Um, am I just going to walk away from the deposit? But then they sent me these documents about preparing for your landmark forum. And um, it said that you shouldn't go ahead and do the program if you're on meds. How convenient. And I was on meds, so I just told them. And um, I was really
0: happy that they gave me my money back. I wonder why that was a disqualifier.
1: I have to wonder whether or not they wanted to avoid the perception of preying on people who are mentally ill. Uh,
0: and that right. the way for them
1: to filter that out would be to not engage with people who um, were yeah.
0: medicated. Okay. Yeah, it's an instant filter, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, these guys had no filter. Um. <laughs> anyway, so landmark
1: forum with Bo.
0: Yes, and glitter.
1: Because I never attended the landmark forum, I also can't speak to the level of queerness.
0: <laughs> Very important. Like uh, people may- should have like a rating, a star rating, a queerness star rating for all of their events.
1: If it was super queer, maybe maybe like I should go. That's
0: my kind of cult. <laughs> Okay, so poor Jack slash Zach. His hours at work are getting cut because he's coming in a wreck. Like, he's yeah. tired. He's not prepared for work. And also summer is coming to an end and he was oh a summer hire. In
1: my head, this idea, the tentacles, the purple skirt pulled up, the yelling. Yeah. In my head, Genova is actually Ursula. Oh.
0: <laughs> That's a good way of imagining her. I can show you... I have a photo. Oh Wow, save it until the end. I okay. want to sort of save save it your mental image yeah. yeah So his hours at work are getting cut. He also is getting in trouble for taking that unsold food. Um, oh. Like certain managers would turn a blind eye but yeah. other managers not so much. Yep. So he yeah, so his hours are getting cut, which means he's bringing home even less money, which means there's even less food. And so he says they had me brainwashed. I was terrified and miserable, but I was brainwashed. And I know this because Jen had a fight with Aeris at one point. I don't even know what it was over. I think Aeris woke up to what Jen was doing and wanted out. And Jen was on about how she had been betrayed, how they were so united. But this time I began to read a few horror stories. Jen had made Aeris sit in a bathtub full of ice cubes and green food colouring as part of her training. It was a wonder the poor girl didn't get hypothermia, but Jen was up in arms. Poor fucking heiress. I should also note that she was also putting green food dye in various drinks and food because the the life force thing in the game, it's green. <laughs> there was also a bit where she would lie to people all the time and she would pretend to be like a med student and call up to try and get medical supplies and pretend to be a med student. And... Um, Jack sort of comments something about, like, I'm really lucky she didn't get any syringes because I bet she would have tried to inject us with green <laughs>
1: liquids. Um, I'm sort of remembering um, when I was younger, I was friends with this person who sometimes when we would go out drinking would, like, wear a wig and put on a fake accent.
0: Oh, fun. I definitely it had was, friends that did that. It was not fun. Know. It was really
1: awkward and weird. I, I found it really it was off-putting I found it really tough
0: to deal with yeah I think I don't I don't think it was convincing at all oh I see not at all um and were they pretending to be a particular other person like tonight I'm going to be Carol I think they might have been a fake name I don't remember I just
1: found it all so yeah like the fake person that you're pretending to be is no better than who you are ordinarily <laughs> it's just you with a shitty accent and a wig. Aim higher. Yeah. Try and be an heiress or something. I don't think I'd been briefed particularly well on Uh. the fact that they were going to do that either.
0: Like, I can remember, like, (sighs) definitely, like, first year, uni groups of friends where we would go out clubbing and we would pretend to be different people for that night but we like all did it but you're all yeah you're all in on it as a group we all had different personas for the evening and we dressed up differently and it was like a, a bit of a fun group activity yeah yeah but it was a game
1: yeah i just i felt like this person was really uncomfortable with themselves that's real sad yeah, I mean, so much of this is just miserable. I, I, I think to some extent I'm like projecting a, like my own sense of those situations onto this, where
2: mm. you,
1: the other person's playing out this drama, and you like them, yeah, or you care about them, and so you don't want to make them uncomfortable, so you're trying to kind of politely play along, yeah, and it's just, yeah, kind of cringe. And like maybe that type of cringe that we keep on talking about where mm. it's as if they don't seem to quite appreciate the way that they're being received.
0: Yeah, or they don't want to. I think there's a bit of, like, I've already committed this far, so I'm just going to pretend everyone's cool with this.
1: Ugh. I think part of what is so uncomfortable about it or part of what like affects me the most about it is like this fear that that's me as well and I have no idea.
0: Yeah, I think that's a common fear. Because
1: surely, if this other person knew what it was like to observe them mm. playing this out, they would not do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine for you to just be the bog ass mediocre kind of person that you are. Like, yes. you don't need to be outstanding. Like, I don't need you to be outstanding. I, I mean, just am naturally. That's yeah. Fine. Well, I mean, like, I'm not talking about you, obviously, <laughs> because yes. you're incredible. Um. But I mean, like, I just want to cook black bean and rice and watch TV, you know, like. I think. And maybe, maybe have an interesting discussion every now and then about something. Like, yeah. it, it
0: just doesn't. I mean, we all have ambition, right? Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. I think it helps you to improve yourself as a person, to want to wanna learn more. Like, it's a it's a motivating element of life, having some kind of ambition, but I think sometimes that can get confused with accepting your place in the world. That sounds really shitty, but I'm trying to think like... A...
1: Like maybe I'm coming at some of these issues from a place of relative privilege because I finished the degree. Yeah. And I got the professional job, like the things that the world tells you you need to... The, some of the sorts of things that the world tells you that you need to do to feel okay about yourself...
0: The markers of
1: success. Yeah, are things that I, you know, managed to get through. Mm. And so maybe it's easier for me to go like, eh, well, now that I've pierced the veil, I can see that I was fine all along. I never needed the magic sunglasses. But I'm not, you know, I'm not somebody in Pennsylvania wearing a skirt and no shirt and not bathing.
0: Okay. So there's a one of the sources that I used was a Vice article and the Vice article does go into some of Jen's background before we got to this point. And Ooh. one thing that they found out was that Jen attended this school that was like a reformatory high school. And that school, hang on, let me see if I can find my note here it is. So she went to this place called Cross Creek Residential Treatment Center oh, in fuck. Utah which is a defunct reform school that has faced multiple lawsuits for its alleged brutal widespread physical and psychological abuse of teenagers in the program. And this is something that is supported by other people who knew her at school, who came out later and was like, I went to this reform school with her and I knew her there. I reckon a bunch of the tactics. I I think...
1: I don't, know I, th- gra- I don't know a great deal about those kinds of programs or schools. Yeah. But I'm willing to bet that there's a bit of crossover in the way that they deal with those young people in order to keep them in line. And yes. to- because surely a big part of the thing is like breaking their spirit, right? Yeah, I'm sure. To make them more compliant. Surely some of those same tactics are being deployed by her in this living situation.
0: And I can also see where some of her behaviours... Could quite possibly stem from dealing with such a traumatic situation. The escapism, the focusing in on this one particular interest to the detriment of all others, um, thinking that you're someone, you're something special. um, I've got this special connection to this special thing as a sort of avoidance of, or maybe a result of the trauma of that situation. Yeah. A bit of the. Like we know more about um, disassociative identity disorder these days and from just the little bits that I've picked up from reading more about it, um, because it used to be so scorned, split personality disorder. It used to be this majorly scorned thing that there is more of an understanding that this is something that can happen through really traumatic childhood experiences um, as a way of coping with and disassociating from that experience at the time. So sorry, I'm back- smiling because I'm remembering us talking about the movie Sucker
1: Punch the other day.
0: We're
1: <laughs> <laughs> Back here again, the worst movie Can't that ever happened. That fucking movie! I hate that movie so
0: much. It's haunting you. Oh god. Why uh, with well, Sucker Punch by Sucker Punch? So yeah, so I'm wondering if there is an element of that in her soul bonding other kin. Ness is maybe some DID, like I'm just randomly diagnosing here, but if that's maybe an element in her behaviour and if the trauma of this particular um, nasty uh, high school has also affected It her... feels like those
1: themes of like um, control
0: mm.
1: and family and connection yeah. here too. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that if she's in a program like that, she's separated from family. Yeah. And that
0: family has maybe not been a particularly safe place. Some of the other people who like knew her from high school have also commented that the way she talked about her life in the past is it's all very it's a lot of his lies. She made up stories about being, you know, trained by the government and like she sort of obscured her past. So whatever was there probably wasn't great. Yeah. Um, and this particular girl who confirmed her being in the Cross Creek program said, I met Jen at boarding school in Utah. We got along pretty good because Jen was known as the crazy girl who thinks she's a vampire. And I was the crazy girl who thinks she's a space alien. So that was already happening. We had a cat girl at my high school. Yeah. Yeah. Did we have, uh, we had a horsey girl. I'm not sure if she was this level of committed. Was she a horse or was she into horses? Both. Oh yeah. All right. But that was, like, primary school. Oh, okay. But she would run around and be a horse every day. Yeah, right. Before and after and during school. Not in class, but, you know, she was always a horse. Okay. She was cool. I liked her. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> I remember
1: there was a girl at my school who would walk on tiptoes all the time.
0: Oh, No. Because she wanted them to be, like, ballerina-like or because she had something wrong with her feet?
1: She said it was sexy. Oh, I see. We were, like, in grade two. Oh, okay. Um, But she ended up shifting to a school um, nearby, a different school. And um, I became friends with somebody who had gone to that school when we were teenagers. And I was told that she actually had to undergo a procedure because her calves had shortened. She couldn't. She'd been
0: walking on tiptoe for
1: so long that she couldn't...
0: I've got a, I've got a friend who has that issue. But looking back
1: now, I wonder whether or not that was a problem the whole time. Oh, and really so she right. was, like, covering for it by saying, she it's was, sexy, I'm doing it on purpose.
0: She was more comfortable moving that way because of the shortened calves.
1: Yeah, like, maybe she started off with um short calves.
0: Mm. Yeah. We'll sexy. never know. Okay, so we talked about um, Eris, one of wanting to leave the group yeah. and how Jen went mental about it, how some of the things that they'd done to Eris, including putting her in an uh, ice bath and nasty physical stuff as well. Yeah. So she wants to leave. By this point, Jack is, is fully brainwashed and he just, his defences are all down. He's worn down and he just obeys Jen. He joins in on the hate against Eris because he's kind of lost his own will. And at one time... Tw- he's one, just too tired. Yeah, he's exhausted. And he's he's starving. (laughs) Yeah. At one point, Aeris calls and she wants to get back her stuff. And this kind of sets Jen off and she pretends to slash her risks and like uses this as a way to manipulate everyone more against Aeris. So Aeris calls one evening when Hojo and I were at the used bookstore stealing books. Yes, that poor and said she wanted some of her things back that she had left at the apartment, and Jen exploded. She called Hojo's cell phone in tears, screaming that she was going to kill herself, and I believed it. Then they jump in a taxi, they call other people and tell them to get there. And Jen, who had been screaming, she had slipped her I just her had wrist.
1: this moment of, like, panic about how big a deal it must have been for them as poor people mm. to pay for a taxi in 2002.
0: Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, it would have cost a fortune Oh my god So um, Jen who had been screaming that she slid her wrists when they arrived Was sitting in the middle of the floor And Sid was draping damp cloths on her wrists I woke up for a second and knew that this was all bullshit I had a problem with self-injury So I know very well the side of a deep cut and the side of a light cut I know knife wounds well And Jen had scratched herself horizontally on the wrists Maybe it had been with a safety pin or a butcher knife it was not any kind of suicide attempt. At the most, it would sting. But I was still mad at Eris because I was supposed to be mad at her. I wrote her nasty emails. I joined them in bashing her. I ignored her when she came to pick up her stuff, even though she obviously wanted to still be friends with me. Mm. Oh, very sad. So the stank of the house reached a peak. And the whole time Jen had blamed I'm the thinking smell. thinking about
1: like the summer
0: and oh. how hot it is and how smelly it is. <laughs>
1: All that trash. When's the real estate doing an inspection?
0: Well, this is the thing. So hey! She, she blames the smell. She The whole time that he's been living there, she blames the smell on the previous tenants. And it couldn't possibly be anything that she and Hojo were doing. Like, this is the problem with the house. So she blames the smell on the tenants and um, demands that the landlord give them a new place to live. What? <laughs> what? Which apparently they do. What? 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 They were like, this place is too shitty. We shouldn't have to live within it. Give us somewhere new. So the landlord probably... Does the landlord
1: have like a block of units? He
0: must have multiple properties. So he sets them up in a new place, which is tiny though. It's a one bedroom apartment. No. No. (laughs) Yep. No. (laughs) So now there's no escape. There's no escape for Jack. When there's violence happening or loud sex, there's nowhere for him to go. So as or loud violent sex. Well, both. It's
1: all a three.
0: <laughs> yes. And the stink, there's nowhere to go. Because oh, the stink, funnily enough, follows them to the new apartment.
1: Oh, that's so weird.
0: So he ends up doing all the moving in work for the new no. place. No. All the packing, no. all the moving of furniture. No. Jen was having a tantrum and doing some magic or something. And Hojo just... <laughs> Hojo just kind of fucked off and wasn't around at the time. So he had to do all the work and it was a really hot day and he's trudging backwards and forwards. That ghast guy is still around and he helped a bit, but he doesn't sound like he was as capable physically or mentally to help them out that much. Um, So he's real resentful of this. And then as a moving in gift, Hojo takes them on a bit of a shopping trip for new stuff, which makes Jack kind of snap out of it a bit. It means this whole time that he was broke, that he was begging and starving and providing for the house, Hojo had money. Is anyone else working? No. Is Hojo working? No.
1: But Hojo's got money.
0: Apparently so, because Hojo's like, let's go buy some cutlery racks and shit for the new place. And Jack's like, what the fuck? Okay. So they go out. It sounds like it was a pretty awful trip. There's a big, um, they have a big fight, like Hojo and Genova have this big fight publicly. They have a really nasty, like, taxi ride home that's really awkward. They're, like, screaming at each other. It's just ugh. um, Are people still going to uni through this? No. Okay. So he dropped out. He, like, his parents weren't paying for him to go to college anymore, Yeah. Um, Which is why he ended up moving in with these guys and then working at the supermarket. Yeah. So he's not studying anymore. And the others, it seems like they just weren't studying. Okay. Um, But they'd happen to live in a college town or on college campus or whatever. So he has one friend in the group who still kind of has a foot in reality. The one they had assigned to be called, to be the character Sid. And he, Sid sounds like he was a bit of a dick. Um, but he also was kind of more realistic and he was sort of a bit separate from them. He would come in and leave and he had his own place with his own mates that were sort of separate to all of this. And he kind of wanted to reach out to Sid about how awful his situation was. But he was also really worried that he would side with Jen. Who can I trust? Yeah. Can yeah. I really trust this guy? And then what finally puts him over the edge and makes him leave was a pair of shoes. <laughs> right. The straw that breaks the camel's back is a pair of shoes. So there was an awful rainstorm and it was bad enough that it cut's power to his work so he's sent home early. And being broke means he can't get a bus. He's he does I think he had a car at some point but it was dead. Um so he has to walk home in this storm. He doesn't have an umbrella or a jacket or any kind of protection and he arrives home and he is drenched and Because of an earlier incident where coming into the house covered in mud has set Jen off on this giant screaming tantrum, he decides to leave his shoes outside. He goes in, he's shivering, he has a shower, he's miserable in this stinky, glittering, tense and violent unit with no space to escape. And in the morning when he wakes up, his shoes had been stolen. His one pair of shoes, gone. And he's just like, fucking, that's it. I'm fucking out here. So he walked out with a change of clothes, a pocket knife, a sketchbook, a pencil, and all the money he had left, which was $5. Oh,
1: my God.
0: And so he ends up homeless for a few days. And he says, I had the freedom to walk where I wanted and sit down where I wanted. There were no smells. There was no fighting. I wasn't sick on the food that I ate. No one was waking me up and telling me to go outside and look at fairy rings. I swear to you, I would much rather be homeless than live with people like them ever again. The threat of homelessness does not phase me because I have seen something worse. Wow. So because he'd been living broke for a really long time, he had a few, like he knew where the cheapest items of food were in town yeah. that he could get. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's doing all right and he's feeling a sense of freedom he hasn't for months. And so he spends a lot of time while he's homeless in the open campus computer labs and he logs in on Hojo's password like Hojo must have had a college maybe maybe Hojo was going to the college at some point doesn't sound like they went yeah. to class or anything but they had some kind of access um, he gets a new AIM AOL messenger name mm-hmm. and he hides from them he adds back all his old friends and starts telling them one by one what had happened and they are all horrified uh, he manages to get some credit on his phone and he calls his mum and has a terrible unhelpful conversation he's like I, I can't turn to her So then he ends up IMing Sid and he's terrified that he's going to get dragged back to the house to the point that he's shaking but he doesn't have much choice so he tries and he he messages Sid and he tells him some of what's been going on and to his credit, Sid really comes through. He comes and gets him, he gives him a place to crash he goes back and helps him get his stuff from the house and um, he's then able to call his dad from Sid's place uh, his dad lives in another state and his dad pays to fly him out of there and get him out of there. And that's basically Jack's story. That's how he escaped. Shit. And so after he's like left this terrible situation, he writes it all up. He posts it on Live Journal. Other people start responding to it with their own stories, oh, their own encounters with these people. And it gets a bit of traction and it starts spreading around the internet a little bit. And he kind of wants to warn people, like, don't get involved with these people. Yeah. If you're in the Final Fantasy community, do not fucking get involved in this shit because it is an, it's a it's a cult and it's abusive. Don't join the web ring. Yeah. He blocks everyone so that they can't contact him again. Yeah. He has like one brief, like he sees some messages from Jen and she's kind of like, you they're trying to track him down and saying, oh, we're still looking for your shoes. She's like, fucking, no, you're not. Get right. <laughs> As more people sort of come forward with their stories of their run-ins. These are a couple, obviously pseudonym names as well. Um, there was a guy who went by Captain McCool. <laughs> <laughs> so he said he was asked to move in and he wasn't uh, very assertive. He was uh, pretty like, I don't want to say weak, but he was an assertive person. So he kind of panicked and he had trouble saying no. So he pretended to have been assaulted to avoid it. He gets his mum to say, "No, no, he's been he's been attacked." So he pretends to be assaulted can't move in. to I've avoid moving in with them. Fuck! And they realize that he lied, and when they realize, they are furious and apparently had him stuck in a chair and forced him to watch while they raped each other. Ooh. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, they did some like. Rapey role play, sexy stuff, in front of this guy to teach him a lesson. Uh. Ah. Yeah. And this is after Jack has left. Yeah. And they're obviously looking for new people to fill his space and also fill a role to be their new Zach. Yeah. Um. Oh, there was someone called Bean who would sell their blood and give the money to Jen because they needed money for their thing.
1: Because don't you get money for blood donations in the US? Yeah.
0: Apparently, yeah.
1: Um, so dad's got this story about how they used to be able, when he was doing his apprenticeship, they used to be able to take time from work to go and give blood. And yeah. you wouldn't, like, you'd get paid for it, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so back in those days, um, instead of it just being like party pies and, you know, little breaker poppers mm. at the end, the, there would be the seats to sit and recover from your blood donation. There would be a pack of cigarettes. Oh my god! And so Dad says you go down with the same brand with like one ciggy left.
0: Oh my! And you sit down god. and you switch with a
1: full pack of ciggies.
0: That's so scummy. So but no I love no it.
1: money, but
0: ciggies, free ciggies. They're very expensive.
1: Well, these days they are. Probably yeah. not back then.
0: True. <laughs> Nice one, Dad.
1: Uh, I'm into it. Good Mm. on you, Dad. Take them for all they're worth. Yeah, bloody Red Cross.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the story was picked up with revulsion and fascination by like 4chan and something awful Mm. and spread widely. So more accounts sort of came in, like that. more people got in contact with Jack and told them their stories and their stories of things that had happened after he'd left. And so that's where he's documented that all on that website to warn people to stay away. Like, there's so much. So I'm, I, I'm just sticking to Jack's story here. But there's yeah. a couple of things that I wasn't able to fit in. Was One of them was, I did manage to fit in, actually, was the, the story about the, the reform school. Yeah. And the other one was that, so Jen and Hojo are a lesbian couple. But this whole time, Jen insisted she was straight because Hojo was soul-bonded with Hojo, a male mad scientist character from the Mm -hmm. game. So when she's sleeping with Hojo, she's sleeping with a man. Yeah, And then when she would sleep with Aerith, she was being the boyfriend character that Zack wouldn't be. So in that case, she was the man and she was sleeping with female Aerith. Yeah, So still not a lesbian. I thought this was an incredible... I'm getting that she... Mind...
1: ...is not somebody who thinks that being a lesbian is okay.
0: I'm wondering if that's also a reform school issue. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But the the mental leaps to to remain straight in all those situations. Very interesting. Mm. Uh, And that's basically it. Because there is more to this story. But I'm splitting this into two because the second half of the story is kind of its own section.
1: Okay, got it.
0: And I feel like we've already talked about this one for a long um, time.
1: I want to see the picture of her now.
0: Okay, so let me show you some photos. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a photo of me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Put it in the show notes. Okay, so the thing that is getting to me the most here is that they look like a normal person. They look like a very normal person.
0: Just a brunette with some glasses on. Just a regular girl. Pretty young, yeah. But wearing a lab coat.
1: I think there was something about the power differentials in the story that was making me imagine... Them looking more grotesque? Um, No, just maybe like imagining Jack as a 19-year-old and imagining the rest as maybe like... I think they're a little bit older five than... To five to ten years older, yeah, yeah but that
0: person doesn't. It's probably that not, much older. Maybe two or three years older. Yeah. Here is one of the photos from inside the house. Could be worse, could be better. hmm So it's just kind of trashy. It's not Just clean it, guys. Yeah. Come on. But there also is like there's not really any storage. Yeah. There's no real furniture.
1: Don't really own anything. I mean that Mountain Dew bottle. Just throw it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of it's just rubbish. Oh, uh, here's a bathroom picture. Alright. You know, I think we've all seen Hoarders now, so none of this stuff looks all that bad.
1: and Yeah, I've, I've been in grosser places than that. But, I, I mean, I don't think that it's the case that I've lived in mm. grosser places than that. True.
0: Oh, my God. I missed this one when I was looking at his side. It's a biography Jen wrote about herself. Oh, no. Do you want me to read it? Yes. Okay. I keep reading the entries on my friends list and everyone has normal-seeming lives. I almost don't want to write about mine because it, well, seems so stupid and unbelievable and weird. Well, I'm so kooky. (laughs) I'm so kooky. I'm a quirky girl. I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, I don't talk about this normally and LJ is supposed to be a place to vent, but I'm self-conscious even here. Hi, my name is Jen, and I help rehabilitate vampires and assist in spiritual awakings. (laughs) Ah. I also take care of metaphysical emergencies, and oh yeah, I do exorcisms and banishings too. I'm quite versed in ancient ritual, and I often use my own blood to seal spells. I'm not Catholic, but I'm not Wiccan. God talks to me and tells me that the end of the world is at hand. She says I'm married to Metatron, and yes, I'm the physical embodiment of the angel Uriel. What's Metatron? Metatron. Metatron is the voice of God, isn't it? All right. And yes, I'm the physical embodiment of the angel Uriel. In past lives, I've been Integra Van Helsing, Sephiroth, and Dylan Du Albatru, Ab- I don't know who that is, amongst <coughs> others. And I've been to many therapists, but they all keep telling me I'm okay. Aside from Catholic priests wanting to exercise my house and my husband, things are pretty normal unless you count having 20-some kids live in the mental realm that my husband and I share as not normal. I sword fight and sing and play the harp and get into fights with real-life Iscariots, and I have three people on this earth that would lay down and die for me, and they're angels too. I'm a horrible bitch. (laughs) Sorry. I'm a horrible bitch and feared in several parts of the galaxy and in the Vatican City. All my past selves live in my head as well, and I can summon them up when I need them. I don't slay vampires. I hunt them. Ahem. She wrote ahem. (laughs) Slayer, one who kills vampires, often indiscriminately to purify the earth. Example, Buffy Summers. Hunter, one who studies vampires, hunts them down and wrings information from them, seldom killing unless it's necessary for a community and or family, often referred to as a watcher example van helsing i am trained with the sword the staff the longbow the crossbow throwing daggers and most deadly of all the towel (laughs) all right i play the harp the piano the pipe organ several woodwinds and i'm learning bodran that's the Irish drum all right violin is next i sing i do celtic modern ritual and sword dancing and i'm training to be the next soprano sorceress Famous people I'm related to.
1: You know, like, you're allowed to just, like, work at Subway and, like, graphic novels. Like, it's fine. <laughs> she can't. She's the main character. The, the main character can be fucking
0: boring, too. True. It's fucking fine. I've seen Girls World. Yeah, man. I love Girls World. Anyway. Famous people I'm related to. Finn McCool. All right. All right. Morgan Le Fay and Bram Stroker. And when I was. Bram a- Stoker? Br- Bram Stoker. Bam!
1: Stroker. Heya, when I was growing up, you know who we lived next door to?
0: Bram Stoker? Wally Lewis.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, I know! A king! <laughs> <laughs> Probably for like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like some strange crossover where he was poor enough and mum had enough. <laughs> money when i was tiny
0: post football career pre-announcing career
1: oh i have no
0: idea mm. bram stoker and when i was a little girl i told everyone as the hick high school i was in for two months that i was related to joey lawrence don't ask me why oh my god who's joey lawrence he was a hot guy at the time. He was on Blossom. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, uh, all right. He was on some like Disney Channel stuff with his two younger brothers, the oh. Lawrence brothers. They were just young hotties. Anyway, I've been asked if I was Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm known at Disneyland as Indiana Jen, the girl who gives temple tours for free because tourists are always getting lost. I can't go to Hollywood because I get chased by people who think I'm famous. Goddamn advice. Walk like you own the place. Given to me by security guard who let me on the set of Anaconda, a particularly craptacular movie, or so I've heard. If you've seen it, you know that big waterfall? Yep, I was on top of that. And that old riverboat. I think I'm particularly ugly and unlikable. I'm not sure why people like me, but some seem to. (laughs) I hate her, I hate her so much I have no father And my mother isn't human My crazy uncle Michael works for MI5 And my best guy friend Was created in a super secret Laboratory in Grendale, California And born in the same hospital I was in Pasadena Which leads us both to believe That I might be part of the same project My husband, by the way Besides being Metatron Is also a no-life king. Not a Nosferatu, no. But an Ekthros. And a mad scientist. And an emperor and a priest. Oh, and another confession. I'm Enrico Maxwell. That's right. I am twitching Bishonen jerk of a priest. Now, little boy, do you want to confess to me? What the fuck does that mean? There must be a reference to... um. Uh, some TV this is anime really Facebook bio. Rip Van Winkle, aka Riven Millennium, aka Ravenna Josephine Kratzenberg. She's my disassociated sex drive. If you want to flirt with me, message her because sex to me is unnecessary and useful only for breeding perfect purchase purposes purchases breeding purchases. Unless you catch me on the right day and you're an Iscariot and then, well, a little demon talk, some red wine, and then you can probably sack me. So, so there you go. A little sum up of me. Call me crazy. Call me nuts. Run away from me or vice versa. I really want these panic attacks to go away and sleep would be nice while we're at it. I wish I had a pony. Okay. So I think... That would be really great to just, like,
1: memorise and then deliver as a monologue of like, the first date. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: It's just cringe. It's so cringey. It's just cringe. Oh. God, I bet I've written stuff this jerky in my life, but uh, maybe not on this level. I feel like I didn't sum that up very well. I was just like, the end. <laughs> uh, well,
1: I mean, we're going to come back to it next time. True. Um, And I suppose it's difficult for me to assist you in wrapping that up, right? (laughs) Because I I don't know what happens next. Um, What did you say the angle was on the next part? Um, It's going to be from somebody else's perspective.
0: Well, it's kind of something that happens later with other people that is connected to this.
1: Well, uh, how's Jack doing now?
0: I don't know. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: The I haven't looked him up specifically, um, but the Vice article... When was that published? I think he just went on and lived his life. Well, I mean, that's nice. Mm. That's, like, the best outcome, really. <laughs> I hope he's okay. Yeah. But, like, you know, he was using a pseudonym... Here, he's obviously been interviewed for this article, like as the actual person, but um, however he represents himself online now is different.
1: Yeah. And so, next installment will be some ne- other stuff.
0: The next installment we will call the Sarah Saga. And, Sarah Saga. Um, do you want to do that next week or do you want it to have a turn and then I'll. Yeah, do it? no, totally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, All the right. next one will be the continuation, the Sarah Saga. Okay, so it's time for our bracket battle. Shall we battle? Let's
1: battle. Let's shall. What are we battling tonight? Uh, well, I thought that in the name of science and truth, um, we should determine which is the best flavor of continental pasta at the supermarket. Okay. So okay. we cook them all up in your mum's kitchen. Yep. Which is also your dad's kitchen. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and I've got them ready to go here. So, um, here's a spork that you've supplied, but I'm handing it to you right now, so I get to pretend that I'm the one giving it to you.
0: This is actually a splade. This is a splade. See how it's got, like, a, a bit of a blade? Oh, on
1: both sides. Yes. Very um, inclusive for mm-hmm. the lefties, like
0: myself. So, it's got the fork section, a spoon section, and blades on each side. It's got so much to offer. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm the ultimate it. utensil. All right. So... Hacklock in post here. This turned out to be a really long process. And uh, rather than giving you half an hour of listening to us chewing and opening containers and making wet mouth sounds, I've um, cut it down and I've set it to music and made an audio montage. So strap in now for a montage of our pasta experience. A number of different people we're really disappointed that
1: there wasn't a broader taste test in relation to the Canton Bracket Battle. So this is really yes. like a do-over. I was sort of wondering about whether or not there was supposed to be a connection to the online
0: Oh yeah, with bracket our bracket, battle. bracket battles. Yeah,
1: narratively speaking.
0: No. I mean some of them I have been. Yeah, for sure. For me, the meaning
1: that it holds for me is like the the strength of my connection to the Lowbrow I have definitely eaten a lot of shit food in front of the internet. It does not look like they give you any interesting descriptions of the flavors themselves. Included the baseline MSG that's required in the order natural maximum MSG. flavor, and they haven't put any additional MSG. Because I hope so, because MSG is obviously delicious. It is delicious. Yeah. I think we got to do two by two. We got to verse them.
0: These are fucking boring, aren't they? Yeah, right. Flavour to feel good about. Bart noise. They know their audience. Does not give a shit. And they're just going to tear it open, vaguely look at the instructions, and that's it. Yeah. It's dull shit. And
1: if you are somebody who's into the sound of the eating, just, like, sling us an email and we'll send it
0: across to you, you know, like... (laughs) Hacklock is making such a (laughs) face, not into it. I'm grabbing the Alfredo garlic and herb. And I'm grabbing the
1: aged cheddar parmesan and chives. (laughs) Stench. The noise. That's what good pussy sounds like.
0: (laughs) There's some wet ass pasta. Yeah, it's like nothing. Maybe it's that we did the microwave directions rather than the stovetop. Hello,
1: taste. May or may not be aware that I'm something like a pescatarian and I will break veggie for compelling cultural experiences and this counts. Got a loser pile over here. I've got the winner pile because. Right, great. I'm
0: a winner baby. Yeah. Well, that at least has a flavour. So I feel like a big fat penne. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, I do.
0: Tomato, parmesan, and basil. Flavour is also minimal. She's into it. Eyes roll back in her head yeah i'm not into it okay oh it's so disappointing yeah
1: i hope mr continental doesn't listen to this i used to think this shit was delicious when i was a kid i've come a long way baby i still really like this one i'm not holding out hope for any of these to be particularly good maybe this will get better (laughs) so next up it's better than the fucking tomato one this really is like the worst example of white
0: people food, hey? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like it's an affront to the Italians. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. It's an affront to good taste in general. It's Aussie as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Alfredo. Afraid, no. All right, mate. It's the power of the little ear. Yeah, I'm. In-
1: I'm into this one. Not abject. Would eat again. Is this good audio content? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're really addressing the big questions.
0: What about mac and cheese versus four cheese? Whoa! Is that too a, much cheese? What a pairing.
1: Can't even taste one cheese. Fuck! Really? It's like clag glue. Aww. One thing I note is that I feel like I can actually taste the spinach.
0: Yes. This is good content. No! <laughs> I'm so disappointed. What I thought talk? this was going to be a winner. The cat has entered the room.
1: Four Sorry to lies. everyone that has
0: to listen to the cat's bell constantly in the background, but um, I can't one hundred percent close the door in this room.
1: Not for you, little pussy cat. Fang is so
0: keen. <laughs> He's so keen. so compelled. He's watching every fork movement. Cheddar, parmesan, mozzarella, blue vein. <laughs>
1: absolutely a lie. I reckon I know who's going to win this.
0: My belly.
1: (laughs) My tummy.
0: (laughs) I like this one. Yeah.
1: Because butter is my favourite food. Same. It's a nice elbow.
0: I think it's mac and cheese. I think it's mac and cheese. Yeah. God, I hope none of us have Covid. (laughs) I'm eating more of this It's a stronger flavour. If Dr. Carl can get a paper published on belly button lint. Why can't we do one on continental pasta flavours?
1: Look, the thing that surprised me was um,
0: how little joy I found in that. I hope you guys needed this science because we've done it. Our winner is spinach and bacon. We did it. I need to sleep now. Uh, Beautiful. Thanks. Alright. We've done our internet story. We've done our bracket battle. Yes, it's now time for our third segment, and of course, the most important segment: hyperlocal news. Um,
1: I want to get in first and tell you about my hyperlocal news right. because hype me up. Yeah, it's like so cool, okay. so exciting. <laughs> um, somebody posted a. Uh, marketplace uh for a mirror and they took the photo of the mirror but they're in their undies No, <laughs> and everybody thinks it's really funny <laughs> do you want to see the picture yeah sure wait i think i sent it to you already but you didn't look at it because i'm already here with you oh wasn't this Doop-a-doop. a trend for a
0: while where people were kind of doing it deliberately to get their rocks off Oh, maybe I suppose.
1: I'm sure it happens by oh, accident too. Attachment unavailable. They no! figured it out and they took it down. It was an accident. They did. They were in um some knickers. Yeah, like some uh boxer briefs, <laughs> black ones. Yeah, and um, some people were being a little bit rude in my opinion and talking about the size of, of their body. Penis. Oh no. Um, my phone's kind of shitty, and I, like, opened it up and tried to make it bigger. I couldn't detect the size of People were their making junk. some assumptions. Yeah. Yeah, somebody was like, honey, put in some chalk. Oh, oh, I, I was like, look, I think what was, um, one of the things that I thought was really funny about the whole thing is that the body's just really nondescript, it's just a regular person. It's like person. it's not a very thin body, it's not a very fat body, it's not a very muscly body. There was just like there was nothing nothing wrong with this body. It was not an exceptional body. And you couldn't see their face. And it's like but, hee hee hee.
0: did it make you want to buy the mirror?
1: Uh no, it's like a really bog standard shitty mirror. I was not enticed by the mirror.
0: Damn it. But I was
1: scandalized. <laughs>
0: A naked body on my my Facebook marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> Do you
1: remember when um,
0: uh,
1: I think one of the first ones I saw of this was like somebody who was taking a picture of a fancy teapot. Yeah, <laughs> in the nude. Yeah,
0: and the the, the like reflection was like rev- like upside down. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I also love when you see people trying to avoid being in the photo of the mirror. So you just see like... Oh, no, there's a compilation, right, of like people
1: avoiding. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And actually,
1: I think because I've been looking at some real estate listings recently, I saw one, uh, like a picture that had been taken of the bathroom and it was like it was taken by a vampire. Like when I was looking at it, I was like, there's no way (laughs) that somebody could have
0: taken that picture. Maybe it was 3D rendered. Oh my god, what? I reckon some of those pictures Wizardry. they just like dump some 3D rendered furniture into a space. Oh they
1: sure do. Yeah, 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 I've seen it. I bet they've done it with mirrors a lot. Uh you can tell from the pixels. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I've seen one or two of those in my time. I've done a photo chop.
0: <laughs> okay, so here's anyway. some controversial, terrible news. <laughs> Serena Russo has raised concerns about the $2 billion waterfront Brisbane project that may affect views from her multi-million dollar luxury apartment. Can we
1: please just like, I know that I've already promised myself that I'll never sing in this podcast, (laughs) but I really want to sing the Serena Russo song. Please go ahead. How to get that job. How to get that job. Ha 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 ha
0: ha ha ha. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I hate her. I hate those places. Really? They are a scam. Oh man, they're just a drain um, on everyone.
1: I went for a drive with okay affordable real estate dreams.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Live and die in Ipswich, <laughs> right? <Yeah>. Got <laughs> like a friend who was like, "Let's all move to Ipswich. It'll be great." So I wanted to seriously consider this as an option. And so a friend and I drove out there mm-hmm. and we were driving around and we did like a lap of the city and I was like, "We, there's so many employment service providers. Yes. And so I was like telling my friend um, which ones were the most and least evil oh. in my estimation. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think Serena Rosso made an appearance on that trip. Ugh lucky
0: (laughs) god she's uh,
1: anyway so she's got a I'm I'm pretty sure there's no property rights in a view
0: oh probably not but she wants council to get tougher on the developer behind it, oh, apparently. whoa, 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 whoa. She's well, well, swinging a well, well. big jobbo dicko around and saying, I've made I too many fart noises I want to though. see the water, and these people are going to stop me seeing the water, and I'm rich, and I should be able to well, see the water. You know what you can do,
1: Serena Rosso? What? You can sell up and buy something different. Yeah. How to get that view. I'm not here to say that I'm on the side of the developer. No. I'm here to say that I'm not on the side of
0: Serena Russo. One of the options in Am I the Asshole?" is... You're both arseholes. Yeah, everyone's yeah. an asshole here. Everyone's an arsehole. Do you think so... she did a
1: press release about that? To alert everybody to how unhappy she is? Absolutely. Do you think... How much money do you have to have before you put out a press release every time you're upset about something? <laughs>
0: I mean, I already do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm currently listening to the audiobook, because I can't read stuff out of work hours anymore, so I'm currently listening to the audiobook of um, Megan Phelps Roper.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Ex-Westboro Baptist Yeah,
1: exactly. I had a bit of a giggle at, um, she was talking about how Gramps had a fax machine and would like literally cut-paste media releases to send out every time he had to be in his bonnet about something or other. Oh, wow. And they'd already been so, you know, <laughs> objectionable that people paid attention when he would do that. Amazing. Maybe that could be a dream that I have for myself. Like, every time I get up, like, cranky about something, I'm like,
0: oh, I'm going to do it. Push well, for me. People used to write letters to the editor about things that pissed them off. Newspaper, and you get a letter to the editor, and they'd be like, you know... Those potholes in the street. <laughs> Somebody should do something about Main that. Main street's
1: still cracked and broken. <laughs> um, when I was in, I'm pretty sure it was year nine, our English teacher said that if you wrote a letter to the editor and it got published, you would get an A. Whoa. No matter what else. And I was like, yeah, great idea. Just do that and then get an A. And I, of course, didn't do it. <laughs> and the one person who did it, yeah. Was the person who, and I'm going to name them, Andrew Hutchinson. He was the one person in the class who would have got like an A-plus anyway.
0: Yeah, um, that'd be right.
1: Really nice guy. Um, pretty funny. Mm. Super brain. He's like, obviously, a doctor
0: now. Yeah. But I'm sure he also enjoyed perhaps getting in print.
1: I don't know. Or the I idea of getting I can't remember what the letter print. to the editor was, but it's just really said something to me about follow-through, which I never actually followed
0: through on. Right. So you're like, this was an easy pass, and I still didn't fucking do it. Yeah. I feel like I do that a lot. (laughs) 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 But this podcast, look at us! Look at the follow-through! Look at us! We're doing it! Living large. I have one more story, which is that bush turkeys are attacking backyard chickens and it is illegal to stop them.
1: Yeah, don't you write anything in your neighborhood group about how you're gonna fuck up the turkey, or people will come for you. I'm not saying this because I would ever go for a turkey, but I've seen this stuff go down. Yeah. I love a turkey. I like having a neighborhood turkey. I relate to animals that are nuisances. <laughs> It makes sense to me. I get it.
0: Yeah. Apparently, uh, it's like breeding season at the moment, so they're also trying to fuck the chickens. <laughs> I,
1: I think I might have seen something about that. Aim
0: high. Go ham. But bush turkeys are protected. They're a protected species. They're natives. You can't kill them. Um, and so people are getting really frustrated because they're like, my chickens! <laughs> I think they've also, they're so used to people now uh, and living in urban environment.
1: It's really tough to deter them. Yeah,
0: they're not so scared of people, they're not scared of the chickens, like, this we were, is their home ground.
1: We were living in a rental years ago I was like in a really raggedy kind of share house and um, we started putting some effort into the garden mm. and it was the first time I'd ever formed any kind of meaningful attachment to a garden in the house Oh no! Um, and there was a possum who would come and fuck my shit up Yeah, but also a turkey so I would, um... Put chopsticks all through the garden, like poke them into the dirt to try and deter the turkey. Oh, did it work? Um, No, not really. What I figured out is that you just figure out which plants they're not interested in fucking up and just plant more of those.
0: Uh, I used to live in a place where um my room, the like the windows backed onto a giant bush turkey mound. Cool. That obviously they just came back every year and just rehashed the same area. Yeah. And it was cool that because it was kind of up against the glass. You could sometimes see what was going on underneath <gasps> like the, where the eggs were and stuff. That was kind yeah. of cool. But they also were scratching and kicking around the leaf litter onto the mound 24-7. And it drove me crazy. Yeah, it's just nice white noise, mate. Ugh, no, because it's so irregular. And they're also so dumb. I, like, I have no issue with bush turkeys, but they are very dumb animals. I also love dumb animals. Yeah. I've startled one before down the side of the house here. I don't want to hang when... out with animals that make me feel worse about myself. <laughs> it just ran straight into a fence and bopped itself in the head. Aww. And I was like, ah, it's like you had a loony Tune." <laughs> 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 it's like, got up again and ran around in a circle and slammed into the fence. Oh, you idiot. <laughs> I don't know. I can relate. So that's what's going on here. Bush turkeys and pissing off Serena Russo, which I endorse both. Could there be some both. kind of confluence? Could the bush turkeys... Maybe they could build a mound. Could a bush turkey build a mound big enough to block Serena Russo's view? Could Maybe God himself problem. build a bush turkey mound big enough? I wonder if she listens to this podcast. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've said her name more than once. She's like a
1: uh, Candyman, Beetlejuice. say her name three times. She turns up you got to say it in the mirror when you're just in your knickers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I don't think it
0: works. Oh, you've tried. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I already do that every day. She was tweeting something the other day, too, and she was like, jobs, jobs, jobs. Oh, (laughs) right.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. She's doing it, too. If you say jobs three times in a row in the mirror.
0: Yeah. You get a job. That's why I can't fucking get a job. (laughs) Um. I think that's all the news I had. Yeah,
1: I got a wee, so let's wrap
0: this up. Okay. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a fortnight with a new episode. Uh, Check out the Instagram at Online Mole Patrol or our website, which is onlinemolepatrol.com, and they will both have show notes and links and whatever. You can also find me on IG at Hacklock. You can't find Bry. You aren't allowed. Oh, well, I mean, you could try. I don't (laughs) post anything. Um, if you like the show, tell your mates. Neither of us have a big online platform, so we're going to need your word of mouth to help us find the kind of listeners who enjoy this crap.
1: <laughs> and uh, I honestly can't wait for the next instalment.
2: Sarah Sarko.
0: The end.